If you know me, you know that I'm a fan of somebody. I'm a fan of a, of a specific team that's out there. I, I, there's a team that, that I love, that, I, that matters to me uh, just about as much as the kids. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a group out there uh, that I really, really, really like. And I don't know if you know what team that is, but let me just tell you, there's a team out there that, that is just very dear to my heart. And it's the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Come good, come bad. I love Alabama. We're winning, I'm all in. We're losing, I'm still all in. I'm not what you would call a fair weather fan of Alabama. I'm a I'm an all in kind of fan for Alabama. That with they it doesn't even matter if it's like what's that stuff my niece does for Alabama? Horse riding. Equestrian. She's got a thing. I don't know nothing about it, but roll tide, baby. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Under, underwater basket weaving. Roll tide. I'm for it. I'm supporting it. I'm a fanatic of it. Paul was a fanatic of something. And it was Jesus. Paul was a true fanatic of Jesus. In the book of Acts, you see the actions that he took that were fanatical. You see the actions of what, what all he did. But even more than that, in Colossians chapter 1, he said these words. Colossians chapter 1 says this, beginning in verse 28. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving, that, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. There are two key words there. Everyone and labor. Everyone and labor. He doesn't want to see any not come to know His Jesus because He knows how awesome Jesus is. He knows that His desire is for everybody to walk with the Lord and be with the Lord and be who God has called them to be. So how do you do that? How do you become who Christ has called you to be. Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn to Colossians chapter 3, because Paul goes on to tell us how to become fanatical for Christ. How to become a fan, a true fan, not a fair-weathered fan, but a true fan of Jesus. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to sit here today for just a little bit, beginning in verse 1. So if you have been raised with the Messiah, seek what is, is above, where the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on what is above, not on what is on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with the Messiah in God. When the Messiah who is your life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Before you can ever become a true fan of Jesus, you have to be follower of Jesus. You've had to have that moment where you understand that you are a sinner bound for hell. Nothing that you can do will ever equal salvation. Nothing you can ever do will equal Him. And if you'll acknowledge that and you'll ask Him into your heart, then all of a sudden you are taken from death to life. That's, that's what that whole first part's about. Once you get that first bit in, then you fix your mind on the things above. 
You start focusing on the things that are above, the things that are out there, the things that are of God. And here's what happens to us a lot of times, though. We forget to focus our mind. We understand that Jesus came and He died for us. But we don't live like it. We don't focus on it. And that's what we're called to focus on. We're called to focus on Jesus. Fix your mind on things above. You are risen from death to life. There's something exciting about that. Because before you had no hope, and now you have all hope in Jesus Christ, who came and He died for you and for me. I'm not worthy of that. Let me just tell you, I'm not. Oh, but He loved me enough anyway. And he said, I will die for you, my Jika. I will die for you. Even though you're probably going to mess up. Even though you're probably going to do a lot of things that I'm going to look at and go, boy. But he loved me enough to raise me out of the death of sin. So that I could begin to fix my eyes and my mind upon him. It's the first thing you got to do. Fix your mind upon Jesus. On that salvation that is given to you freely. Freely. For us. Not for Him. It cost Him everything. He was sitting at the right hand of His Father. Which is where He ascended again according to that scripture. But He was sitting there and He went, alright. Alright. Mike took it one day, He's going to need me. So I will go to that cross. And I will die for him. You can insert your name there. Because if you were the only one, you were the only one, he still would have went to that cross and he still would have died for just you. It shakes me to my core to understand the love that one person could have for me, the creator, not just a person, but the creator could have for me. Before we begin, Let's keep going. Verse 5. Therefore, uh oh. See, when you say the therefore, you know what that means? It means I'm about to have to do something. You know what the therefore is therefore? Let's see. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your worldly nature. Sexual sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is adultery. Because of these, God's wrath comes on the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. You got to get these, we would call these sensual sins. These sins of of sexual nature. We had to get those out of our lives. And you're going to sit there and you're going to look at me and go, well, duh, Jika, it's Jesus, of course. We don't live like that. We can say it. But all of a sudden, our families are falling apart. It's just the truth. We got issues in marriages. We got pornography is just like, eh, whatever. We got to understand that we got to get that out of our lives. And understand that God does not want you to wear that anymore. Take it off. Throw it down and leave it there. Leave it there. We have to get all those sensual sins out of our lives. We've got to throw it out. We've got to take that clothing off so that we can put the right clothing on 
Take off that. Let's keep going. Before we go any further, let me just say this real quick. I'm sorry, I missed one of mine. Matthew 5, 29, 30 says this. If you're Jesus, the mouth of our Savior, he said these words. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your parts of your body than for for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Jesus spoke pretty plainly here. He didn't mess around with this. He said, if that's causing you to stumble, cut it off. And and we'll sit there and go, well, he really didn't mean... Maybe he did. You don't know. He really might have meant, boy, if you can't deal with it, deal with it. Get that whatever it takes to get it out of your life, get it out of your life. If you'll give it to him, guess what? Take it out. Don't go home and gouge your eyes out because I don't want to be like the minister at the pirate church. (laughs) Three people got that. Yay. All right. Do what you have to do. Do what you have to do. Do what you have to do. Do whatever you have to do to be out of that sin. It might mean you don't look at the computer anymore. It might mean that you go home to your wife and say, baby, I'm sorry. Let's start again. I've messed up. Whatever it takes, fix it. Get it out of there. Get it out of your life. And then move on. Verse 8. But know you must also put away all of the following. Anger, wrath, malice, slander and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off all of the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You're being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ there is no Greek and Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Now, not only do we have to get rid of the sins that we go, well, duh. God's saying we've got to get rid of the social sin. Can I be honest with you? Because that's what I've always been. These are the hardest for me. These are the hardest things for me. To not be angry anymore. To not have malice in my heart when somebody does me wrong. That's really hard. But if I've got malice in my heart, I can't get to the next step. I got to get that out of me. I got to purge that out of me. Got to get all of the anger, all of the malice, all of the deceit, all of the lies. Man, I'm going to tell y'all what, I'm a good liar. I'm probably top 10 in the world. Rachel, amen? Come on. Don't hold back in the house of the Lord. I, I can tell you, I can tell you a tale now, ministerially speaking. Get that out of your life. Get that out of your life so that you can get to this next part. Because, see, God is saying, take all of that off so that I can put something new on you, something that's 
that's better. Something that's, that's so much more fanatical. Something that will truly be a fan. Something that will show everybody you're a fan. But if we don't take it off, and we begin to put the other stuff on, we start to, to put other things on top of other things, on top of other things, we begin to look like this. I can't put my arms down. You become paralyzed. This kid couldn't move. Y'all remember the movie? This is Christmas Story. He falls down in the snow here in a minute, and he just rolls around because he can't get up because he's got so much stuff dragging him down, pulling him down, getting him so close to the ground that he can't get up no matter what he does. And that's us. That's us. We want to put the church and the God stuff on top of the old stuff. We want to mix the world and Jesus. And we can't. I'm sorry. I wish we could. It'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it? But he said we got to take these things off. Because then you, if you don't, you become a paralyzed, not able to move with too much clothes on, too much bulk, too many things dragging you down. Take it off. Take it off. So that we can put on what we're supposed to put on. Let's keep going. And let's see what we're supposed to put on. And we'll be, we'll be finishing up with this. Am I doing okay, Daniel? Okay. Therefore, God's chosen one, holy in love, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, accepting one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity. You can usually tell what team somebody supports by what they wear. I can look out in this room, See a few UK things here and there. And I know what team you follow by just looking at you. I go to an Alabama game and I could be wearing this shirt or this tie or anything else. And somebody else is wearing the same thing. We look at each other and we just say the words, roll tie. It's like, hey, how you doing? Or what is it? Somebody help me do the cat thing. Go big blue. Do the, do the C-A-T-S thingy. I like that part. Come on. Come on. Cats, cats, cats. I mean, y'all are horrible fans. Come on now. I'm going to call like Calipari and tell him y'all don't know what y'all doing down here. Roll time. But if you see somebody wearing that clothing, you know what they're about. You know who they support, and you know where they're going and what they're about. When you put on these things, people start to see Christ and not you. When you have patience, 
when you have humility, when you put others first, all of a sudden you look different than everybody else. You don't look the same. And when you don't look the same, guess what? They're going to go, what is different about you? And remember the first job. Labor to see everyone saved. And as we become fanatical for Jesus, and as we look like a person who's different, you'll get a chance to share who Jesus is to that person who doesn't have him. And that's what it's about. That's your job. You labor. Labor. You labor. You put all you got into it. You don't just mess around with it. You're not paralyzed. You're laboring to see others come to Christ. So when that's hard, you just suck it up, buttercup, and understand that you need to be humble. You need to be patient. You need to be who Christ has called you to be. Let's read them again real quick. Therefore, God chose one, holy in love, pure in heart, felt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Accepting one another. Forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also forgive. Let's look at 13 and 14. Accepting one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord forgave you, sorry, the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. You ever have trouble forgiving somebody? Ever have that person, you just got them in your mind, didn't you? I cannot believe they did that to me. I will never forgive them for that. I will never let this go. I cannot believe they called me short, fat, and bald. Hello, I got a mirror. It's okay. Forgiveness is what we're called to do. Let it go. Let it go. Corey Ten Boom tells a story. And if you don't know who that is, she was a lady who, uh, her family got Jews out of Nazi Germany. They would hide them in their house so that they could uh, escape and help them get to freedom. And Corrie ten Boom, after she became older in her age, in 1972, she was, in, in 1972 is when this happened, uh, she was doing a conference talking about forgiveness and love and how our sins are to be removed. And when the service was over, a gentleman in the back stood up. She saw him. She says that her whole body just tensed up. And cold chills came over her whole body because he's one of the guards from the concentration camp that she was held in. And he walks right up to her and he sticks out his hand and he says, Hi, my name is whatever. That was a great job you did today, Fraulein. 
In this moment, she could grab hold of that hand and embrace forgiveness. Or she can spit right in his eye. She has a choice. And she displayed true forgiveness. She said that she stuck out her hand, took his hand, and she said she's never felt a, wave, a bigger wave of peace come over her in her entire life. You see, when you let it go, and you get over it, God says, I've got it. Don't worry about it. Just go on. It's fine. If she can forgive that man, whoever the Lord just brought to your mind, you can forgive too. Whoever that is, whatever they did to you, you can let it go. You can let them have it. Lord Jesus, I'm done with that. When the church becomes a place where confrontation happens, we are just putting the Spirit, I'm sorry, putting things over the Spirit of God. And the world is paralyzing our church. So if there's somebody in this room that you have not forgiven or you've got at odds with, fix it. You want to see God do something awesome at Great Vine Baptist Church? Let it go. Let it go. And move on. And begin to realize what's the most important thing. Winning others. We labor so that everyone can be saved. We labor for that. Let all that stuff go. The last one. We'll be finished with this. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity. This word in the Greek is agape. And I know a lot of you know what the word agape means, but I will share it with you anyway. It's a self-sacrificing love. You see, we have the word love, and the Greek language has a lot more specific words for the word love. They have the word... Phileo, which is brotherly love. They have the word agape, which means a self-sacrificing love. A love that was truly displayed for you and me on a cross. And what this scripture is saying, that love binds us together. The unity of the church, the unity of the body. When we're united, we can do anything. As we labor to see those that don't know our Jesus come to know Jesus. Take off the old. Put on the new. Truly love one another. Putting others before yourself. And when you do that, people will see it. They'll see it. You can tell them about your Jesus and how He really showed us love. So the question this morning is this. Will you truly be a fan of Jesus? Will you truly say, Lord Jesus, I am a fan. Not fair weather, win or lose, but all in. Like Paul. All in saying, God, whatever you call me to do, I will do. I will go where you call me to go. I will be whatever you need me to be so that all may come to know you. Will you be a fan?
Lord God. We just ask right now that you would allow us to look at ourselves. God, that we would be able to focus on you. Lord, if there's somebody here we need to go to, let us get up and go. If there's somebody here that we need to apologize to, whatever. God, it's time to do business. Lord, let's do business. Church, this altar is going to be open here in just a minute. If you got some stuff, you just want to lay here and go back, that's great. If you've never received my Jesus, come talk to me because there's nothing I'd rather share with you than his love. Whatever the Lord's leading you to do right now. Do it. Let's stand in here.